second episode of Tranche Up. I am Ruhi and I'm Leanne and we're very excited to welcome today Jennifer Bearden from the ISCPM. Jennifer, welcome to Tranche Up. Um, we're very, very pleased to have you here today. Yes, welcome Jennifer. Really nice to be asking you questions for a change rather than being questioned by you. So for those of you who don't know Jennifer, we'll start with a bit of an intro. Jennifer, could you just tell everyone about uh, who you are and what you do? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and it is, it is nice to get asked questions. So thank you. Uh, I welcome this, uh, this challenge. My name is Jennifer Bearden. I am the associate director at IACPM. Uh, for those who don't know, IACPM stands for International Association of Credit Portfolio Managers. My role as associate director within the organization is focused on regulatory advocacy, and I also focus on planning uh, member meetings. We host various meetings throughout the year for members to interact on many different topics. Excellent. I mean, that does sound like a lot of work. Um, and what about the IACPM itself? I mean, I think for our listeners who aren't that familiar, it would be helpful to have have some insight into what the ICPM does and your role within the ICPM as well. Great, yes. Happy to talk about ICPM. Um, ICPM was actually founded in 2001 as a uh, not-for-profit organization to support the practice of credit portfolio management. So we just had our 20-year anniversary, which is very exciting. Today we have over... Oh, thank you. <laughs> and today we have over 130 global member firms. Uh, our membership is made up of banks and insurance companies, which is where how we started as an organization. And then over the years, we have expanded uh, to include asset managers, uh, DFI, ECAs, credit insurance brokers, and law firms uh, like yourself. So we're thrilled to have a very diverse membership now at IACPM. IACPM is actually focused on uh, front-end uh, credit portfolio management activities. And by front-end, I mean kind of the origination, the concentration risk, uh, risk appetite, management of the portfolio at the onboarding and inception, those activities. There are also back-end activities, and those are mainly the tools that credit portfolio managers are using to manage risk effectively. Uh, so those tools are credit derivatives, private credit risk insurance, and synthetic securitization. As I mentioned, we host various global meetings, and we're hoping to be back in person this year for our meetings. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love that. I would. I was actually going to ask you about that, Jennifer. We uh, we were saying on the last uh, episode that one of the lovely things about this market is how how just really close knit it is, and how everybody's so delightful. So we very much miss those in person events. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they're either in Miami or Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, we do pick good locations, don't we? Um, and we went out with a bang. My, Miami was our last uh, in person. So uh, when we come back, we will be uh, we'll be in London and then Madrid. So uh, we're going to hopefully resume. We just sent out our meeting calendar today with a, a full agenda for the year, or for, for this first six months. So we are looking forward to being back in person. Yeah, so in just in just a couple other things focused on IACPM, I do run quite a few working groups within uh, within IACPM. So uh, securitization, credit insurance, market working groups. So those are all very interesting, and uh, I would say provide this interaction during the during the global pandemic when we could not be meeting in person. <laughs> so uh, those those are very active. 
And then obviously we do a lot of uh, regulatory advocacy. Um, I do interact with uh, global regulators uh, quite frequently. Our main approach to advocacy, uh, as you know, is a collaborative approach. And one way, one way we've been able to do this has been through providing data to the regulators. We're very much focused on uh, providing data and, um, and, and factual information when we, when we meet with the regulators. And I think it's a, allowed us to establish a good relationship with them. Brilliant. So it seems like you cover an awful lot. Um, and I know you're always very busy, Jennifer. Presumably all of this, though, puts the ICPM in a really unique position because you get to know all of the market participants, you get to get their views on different market trends, on regulatory changes, et cetera, as well as, as you say, actually liaising with, with regulators themselves. Yes. No, that is, um, that's what makes this job fun. And, um, and I will say that the priorities and the topics are constantly changing, and I, I love that. Um, and getting to interact with members, uh, you know, while it's been hard during the pandemic to do it remote, um, I, I, I value the memberships. And, and like you said, Leanne, the, the close-knit relationship that we all have in this business and the securitization industry, I think, um, allowed us to really work effectively together during um you know, during the pandemic, which has been nice. And it is fun. I mean, I think a lot of the topics are changing constantly. Um, you know, members will bring topics to me. For example, UK slotting came up the other day, uh, issues. So I'm, I'm now going down that rabbit hole to, to investigate a little bit further. One of my other favorite topics is ESMA templates. Uh, that one seems to have been ongoing for, for quite a while now. Um, you know, we do get to interact with members uh, on various topics and it's constantly evolving. And you know that in your job too. It seems like there's always something new being created, uh, which makes this quite fun. And um, yeah, and, and our, it keeps our working groups very busy. <laughs> right. And Jennifer, you mentioned that there has been a lot of change. Uh, obviously, at our end as well, we've been seeing that a lot has been happening. So now I suppose getting into the really heavy stuff here, what topics are market participants most focused on right now as far as the EU is concerned? Yeah, I'm happy to cover that. Uh, that's a fun one. Um, so let me say that we were very pleased by the uh, Capital Markets Union recovery package that came out last April or was finalized last April. We're working on that behind the scenes uh, with members, uh, even in the 11th hour uh, on a few topics that uh, like collateral that came up. Um, so uh, we were very pleased. And I think, you know, what that's allowed this year or excuse me, in 2021 has allowed us to see is um, in STS deals getting done in the market. Um, we are hearing more STS deals getting done, and I think uh, that is very exciting. Um, you know, I will say my, my colleague Tamar, Julia, uh, who many members know, uh, and I are busy working on various other synthetic projects, though. Um, so a couple just to name a few right now, the ECB notification uh, templates. Uh, there was obviously a consultation that, that came in the 11th hour at the end of 2021 that process has closed and we are expecting comments actually back from the EC fairly shortly. The notification templates will be going into effect uh, for members April 1st. So that is uh, obviously something to be aware of and to be watching. And as of now, one of the other things we're working on uh, is coming out of the Capital Markets Union Recovery Package is the EBA sequential amortization uh, consultation that is due at the end of this month. We are partnering with AFME on that response, and that obviously will be something to be watched uh, in, the, in the coming months. So that is something that, that we are focused on. 
Away from that, one of the things that we do spend a lot of time on at IACPM is um, survey work. And one of the surveys on securitization that always keeps us busy is the volume survey. Um, we have been running the um, synthetic securitization funded volume survey since 2015. Um, that survey uh, has data that goes back all the way to 2008. So um, this, this survey is very popular, um, maybe not with members because there's a lot of data uh, to collect, but, um, but it is certainly something that once we aggregate the data, we do um, find uh, regulators are very uh, uh, interested in seeing. And in fact, we often have regulators come to us and, um, and provide uh, information on what they want to see in the templates. Um, so I think that partnership um, between our members and regulators and IACPM really has been something that we value. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a collaborative process. So very busy, keeps us very busy. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Thanks, Jennifer. And what in your view then do you think will be the industry focus for the rest of this year, maybe even the next couple of years? Yeah, well, let me start with um, CRR. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this quickly. And obviously, there are a lot of CRR impacts. Um, securitization is not, um, uh, there's only a few small topics within securitization that are are impacted by the CRR. Um, uh, I know the overall package is very significant. Um, but we uh, at ICPM are drafting a letter on output floor and P factors right now. Uh, that we will be submitting to the commission uh, here in the next week or so. Um, that is something that we are very focused on. Uh, um, along with that letter, we are submitting letters on just other topics such as CDS, uh, internal hedges, uh, sovereign guarantees, um, unfunded SRT. Um, so I would say all of those topics are very uh, critical right now. Uh, and something that, um, that will be a focus for years to come as we work towards implementation in 2025. Um, one of the other things I, I would be remiss, and, and Leanne, I know you and, and team are experts on this, is green securitization. Um, I think that's going to be a very hot topic again this year. Um, and I'm hoping we can make some progress uh, going forward on that. So uh, that is something that, um, that we are very much focused on. Yeah, we certainly hope so too, Jennifer. It does feel like it has been a bit of a slow burn in the securitization world, um, as opposed to other products where we're seeing a lot more focus on on green and ESG sustainability more widely, I should say, because of course it's not just about the green. But one thing that we were we were wondering is, remember that we were expecting some feedback, I think November last year, on the feasibility of a securitization framework for sustainable securitization or a sustainable securitization framework, I should say. Obviously, that, that didn't quite make it at the end of last year. I know there was a lot of other regulator focus points and a lot going on. Have you heard any further as to when we might expect that report? No, I, um, I actually haven't. And I, I know, you know, we, we certainly are, um, as you said, there's a lot going on in the, in the green securitization world and, and a lot of uh, information to digest, I would say. Um, so I have not heard an update um, on that. One other thing I would love to mention just um, that we are focused on too is, um, is, is the unfunded uh, securitization product. And, and I know this is something that, um, or unfunded SRT product. Um, we are seeing impressive growth in this. And so I know it is something that we, uh, that, that regulators are not necessarily focused on. Um, we had heard kind of 2023 uh, at the earliest, and, the, and earliest was probably in quotes. Um, 
But I think we, you know, we're continuing to follow the volumes of that market. We are running surveys on on uh, the unfunded SRT volume. We just completed it actually and released the results last week. Uh, we did a survey back in 2020 and now and this one completed through 2021. We are seeing uh, significant growth in that market and then we're expecting even uh, stronger growth in 2022. One thing that helps us do with these surveys is um, we can go and speak to regulators and talk about not only the funded market um, and the growth in the funded market and STS deals, but also the unfunded market and how that's growing. Um, so we, we look forward to, uh, to more conversations on that, certainly. And Jennifer, just to pick up on that, um, speaking of unfunded uh, SRT products, one thing that is, I would say, outstanding, but has been spoken quite a bit about is insurers and reinsurers and their position when it comes to STS. And we know now it's been, it's been a couple of years since we had the EBA hearing. And our understanding has always been that the regulators are quite firm, that they don't want to change the approach. Um, do you think there's any leeway there for change or are we just beating a dead horse? Yeah, I, um, I, it feels a little bit like maybe we are beating the dead horse, but I think, um, and, and, and certainly we haven't really gotten the, the, the door to open. Um, I'm not even sure the window has cracked, uh, so to speak, but I think there is the willingness um, to have the conversation uh, when we've spoken to the regulators. And I think um, as well as the conversation, this, you know, showing them the volumes around this product, I think certainly um, it's hard to ignore, you know, given when you look at the volumes and how, how significantly they're growing. Um, I think it's probably hard for them to ignore uh, it, at least the conversation, but I, but it, where that conversation goes, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe part of the whole securitization review uh, package when they when they are when they look at sec the overall securitization market again is kind of what they had told us is when they might at least entertain the conversations. I suppose we just need to watch the space to see what happens. Okay, so maybe then we should round off with what's going on in the UK. So Jennifer, you bri briefly mentioned. Uh, in respect of sustainability, a bit disappointed with the, the response following that consultation. Is there anything else worth discussing on the UK side of things? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, on the UK side, we just had a meeting actually recently with, um, with the PRA, the HMT and the FCA to talk a little bit about the ESMA templates. You know, that, that is a survey we decided to run last year. We had been hearing obviously a lot of feedback and a lot of negative feedback on the on the templates but we really wanted to put that that negative qualitative feedback into a quantitative uh, survey and so we did and i we shared those results with the the uk regulators that i mentioned last week and disclosure is one of the topics that they are taking a look at i think they've got a few outstanding topics that they're still looking into uh, disclosure being disclosure being one of those, and so we uh, we had a conversation to talk a little bit about uh, the survey results, which I think were very interesting and, as they said, um, kind of eye opening. Um, so at least the conversations are still happening. Um, you know, I don't know what changes will come of it, but I think when you look at some of the setup costs and the costs around. Uh, the templates, I think when you put that in paper, um, it certainly was an eye opening uh, uh, number for for the regulators to see. Um, so I think in the UK, there's going to be, you know, they're still working on on a few items, but I think overall, there's not, I'm not expecting many changes um, on the securitization side in the UK this year. Um, 
I, yeah, I, maybe maybe more to come in the in the future years. But I think uh, uh, just post Brexit, it's still kind of a slow process there. Okay, that's really helpful. Thank you, Jennifer. And I think we would be remiss in not mentioning the U.S. So I think just quickly touching upon that. Anything worth mentioning on that side? Yeah, of course. Um, we are seeing a, a few more deals getting done in the U.S., which is exciting. Um, it, it is very much a slow process, though. Uh, I think we, you know, we're hoping we're going to see more deals in 2022. Uh, we're trying to support members as much as we can uh, in looking at deals. Um, when the U.S. banks, you know, and, and other banks here look at the deals, you know, they have slightly different motivations. Uh, sometimes they're not as much regulatory capital focused as they are concentrations and limits uh, focused. And so, um, you know, managing that process, I think, has been uh, interesting for the banks and in, in weighing if, if that's the right tool for them to use uh, to manage their risks. Um, we continue to highlight the product when we meet with the um, U.S. regulators. And in fact, you know, the U.S. regulators, when I was talking to them earlier this year, said they are hearing more and more uh, conversations in the background on securitization. So, um, you know, we, we've offered to do kind of a, a risk management tool uh, um, workshop for them uh, that would cover securitization and the other tools as a group. We, we found great success in doing that in Europe last year where we, we just had a securitization workshop. And so we've kind of taken that on the road. We've done one in Australia. And I think uh, certainly there's benefit of doing one in the US hopefully this year um, to try and further increase uh, interest in the product and, um, and see if we can make any inroads there as well. But it's very slow. <laughs> Thanks for all of that, Jennifer. So maybe just to end the session on a more lighthearted note to get to know you a bit better, Quick fire question, favorite movie, food, and chocolate? Great. Um, oh, I love dark chocolate. That's my favorite. Um, I love, it. <laughs> yes, it was great during the pandemic. I love uh, some Indian food. Uh, so uh, I, I can't wait to get back to London to have uh, some delicious Indian uh, food. And um, my favorite movie, movie is Caddyshack uh, for some light humor. That's brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Jennifer. Yes, thank you. I appreciate um, having me. This has been uh, quite fun spending time with you and um, we look forward to uh, uh, staying in touch and please feel free to reach out on any topics anytime. Thank you. I think this was super helpful for us. So a lot of things for us to think about as well. And yeah, we will keep in touch. Hope you all enjoyed today's session. We certainly did. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to either Leanne or me. Stay tuned for uh, episode number three, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks. Until then, as always, have a good week and keep crunching.